Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host, Mads, and I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. If you have, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast as it's the simplest way to help out the show. Also, I would really appreciate it if you would vote for me this year in the British Podcast Awards for the Listener's Choice Award. Just head to the British Podcast Awards website, click on Listener's Choice Award, search for Mads World, and cast your vote. And don't forget to verify your vote in your email. This week, I'm joined by social media sensation Becca Butcher, who was born with a rare chest muscle deformity condition called Pollen Syndrome. Pollen Syndrome is a condition that causes a lack of muscle development on one side of the body. It's primarily characterized by the lack of chest wall muscles, so as a result, Becca only developed one boob. Becca uses her social media pages to share her story, educate people, and raise awareness of Pollen Syndrome. She's a bloody rock star, and I just loved recording this episode with her so much. In this episode, we discuss her experiences with a catfish. Strap yourself in because that story is a wild one. Her personal experiences with pollen syndrome, her diagnosis journey, the impact it has on her daily life, the misconceptions people have about the syndrome, societal pressures around femininity, and how society can better support people with differences. Hello, Becca. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I love having a fresh face. And as we were just saying, I've had the busiest day ever. So it's nice to to chat about something something so different. And um, yeah, so interesting. So up first, I was hoping you could do our speed date question round so everyone listening can learn a bit more about you. Yeah. So my first question is, what is your favorite pop culture moment? <laughs> when that boat <laughs> blocked the Sway Canal. <laughs> I don't know why that was just oh, it's such a throwback such a isn't day. it and it, <laughs> was, it was so random like just the fact that that even happened baffles me like sometimes things happen in this world and I'm like where has this come from I'm just sitting here thinking like what's next what new weird thing is just gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> my next question for you was what is your greatest achievement probably when I won the Yorkshire blogger award um last year Oh, congrats. That's such a cool one. What does that mean? What does that entail? Like, did you enter? Like, what other kind of bloggers was there? Um, They have loads of awards for different genres of bloggers. So you've got, like, Mm -hmm. fashion, travel, home. And I won the Disability and Mental Health Award. 
and I didn't even know that I had been nominated I just got an email saying you've been shortlisted and I was like I I had no idea oh my god that's so cool so we went to the award show last I think it was October last year yeah uh, in Leeds and I didn't think that I was gonna win yeah and they got on the stage and they said the winner is and then they said my name and I was like oh my god so how Literally. did they how did they find you? Like who nominated you? I don't I still don't know. I still what? have no idea. Oh my god. Well well done to whoever out there nominated you. <laughs> Hopefully they listen to this and then they can be like, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoever you are, I'd like for you to come forward if you're watching this. Oh, that's so nice. And um, my final question for this round is, you mentioned to me previously about a catfishing story. Yeah. And I was hoping that you could tell us a bit more about this experience because we've spoken about catfishing previously on the podcast, but not for a long time now. And I always find these stories quite fascinating. So, yeah, I'd love if you could um, take us through it. Yeah. So I was in high school. Um, I think I started high school when I was 11. I think and while I was there I met a guy the same age as me and he was in a lot of my classes and we became pretty good friends pretty quickly we had a lot in common and over the five years that we were in high school together he asked me to be his girlfriend a couple of times and I always said no I just see you more as a friend and then in the last year of high school he told me that he had a girlfriend and I wanted to meet her because we're friends and he wanted his girlfriend and his friend to get along Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I hoped that him having a girlfriend would mean he would leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> so he wanted me to meet his girlfriend, but anytime I tried to arrange with her to meet up, because I had her on like Facebook, anytime I tried to arrange to meet with her, she was ill. She, she had cancer. Oh, wow. So she was like always unwell, which I understood. And like, I wasn't going to keep pushing her when I knew that she wasn't well and she was having cancer treatments yeah. in hospital. So after about a year of trying to arrange to meet her and hearing all about her from him, he would come to me and say, oh, she's got like, this, I, got, I bought her this pet dog. And when she died, I think he took on the dog. She eventually, unfortunately, she passed away. Oh. And he came over to my house and he was crying and he brought me a bracelet that was hers that she wanted me to have. And um, like a message from her saying, thank you for being such a good friend. And I'm sorry we didn't get to meet. And mm. I was absolutely devastated. And I was there oh, to no. support him through this because he was crying. Yeah. And now he had like, a dog and he had to support her family and like it was just a really hard time yeah that's horrible I'm so sorry a year later he got a new girlfriend Mm. and this is when I started to get a bit suspicious because she had Instagram Mm. and she would post pictures of her at the gym and she would post pictures of bras and she would post pictures of my friend asleep uh so at first I wasn't suspicious yeah but then she, anytime I tried to arrange to meet with her, there was always an excuse of, oh, I, I've got to work. I'm helping my parents. She was originally from China, but she was living in England temporarily. And she had to go back to China. And I really wanted to see her before she left. And she showed me, she sent me pictures of her plane tickets and told me where she was going to be living in this small village. And I Googled it and it was real. So I didn't yeah. have any reason to suspect that she was not real yeah so she moved back to China and after after like maybe a year and again my friend was absolutely devastated and crying and I had to be there to support him Mm. and then after she left I I felt bad because I was just kept thinking I didn't try hard enough I should have made more of an effort to see her like that's two girlfriends now that I've not been able to see and I was really upset Mm. and 
she would when we when she was with him she would ask me about like my favorite like as girls do she would be like so are you like how's your period do you get heavy periods what kind of bras do you think I should try and like so like talking to another girl things I wouldn't talk to a guy about like and when you're a teenager as well like that stuff just comes up because it's yeah. like what you're all going through at the same yeah. time like that's quite normal yeah. yeah so I would talk to her about like boobs and bras and periods and boys and one day she asked, why did you reject my boyfriend in high school? And I was like, I just see him more as a friend. Oh, and she no. was like, well, we have great sex. We have sex all the time. And I oh. was like, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and then she was like, do you have any like toys? Do you like use sex toys? What's your favorite sex position? And I was like, um, no. <laughs> yeah, like it's getting weird now. Yeah. yeah. So she moved, she moved to China. Oh, God. Um, I can see where it's going and it's. Not mm, good, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so she moved to China, and he then said to me, "Her sister is sending me inappropriate pictures of herself." What? Yeah, and I said, "No, you're kidding." And he said, "No, I'm not kidding." And he showed me these pictures, and it was three different women in these pictures. So I thought, "Oh my god, he's being catfished." Yeah, because I've known this guy for seven years. Like, yeah. why would he be the one catfishing me? That didn't come into my head. Yeah, it wouldn't because you trust someone and you know them and you know their family. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I, yeah. like, I said to him, have you met the sister? Like, I didn't mm. want to, like, I didn't want to let him know. Like, I wanted to let him down gently and let him know you're being tricked here. Yeah. So I said, have you met her? And he said, yeah, no, I've, I've definitely met her. Those are all her. I've been in her bedroom. That picture was taken in her bedroom. And I was looking at these pictures like, that is three different Asian women. That is not, like, I don't know how you're looking at that and thinking that is the same person. So I ended up reverse Google image searching these pictures and it came up with this Chinese porn website that he had what? taken them from. Yeah. And then I was like, he lied to me about the sister. Did he lie to me about having a girlfriend? So then I took her pictures from Instagram Whoa. and reverse image searched them. And I found on Google images, all the pictures of his girlfriend. So oh, I asked him about it God. and I was like, you've been lying to me. Like, oh my God. are your girlfriends real or fake? And he said, okay, okay, the, the girl from China wasn't real, but the one that died from cancer was real. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to find out if someone from that yeah. name died in that hospital on that date. Did that even occur to you that the first one was fake? Did no, you, did that, no. Yeah, you wouldn't even, it wouldn't have even occurred. No, because he was crying. Think, yeah. He was oh crying my. at my house and I had her bracelet that she gave me and she didn't exist. It turns out what? she wasn't real. So you rang the ho you rang the hospital. No, I didn't. I, I I told him that I was going to, and then he confessed and said, "Okay, fine, you caught me." But what? yeah, but you like grieved for this person. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And yep. so the whole the whole cancer story was probably so he could put an end to it when he was ready to yeah. stop catfishing. Yeah. Well, oh I ended god. up posting about it on YouTube. I didn't name him. Um, but somebody that I went to school with saw that and messaged me and they said, is it about this guy? And I said, well, how did you know that? And she said, well, he did the same thing to me, but he told what? me that he had cancer and that he was dying. What? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And and so did you, are you obviously not friends now? Like did no, you God, cut no. ties or like Literally that, as soon as I found out the truth, I blocked him and I haven't spoken to him since, but it's been oh my like goodness. eight years. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Cause honestly, it's not only is, do you feel like you've been lied to and tricked and stuff, but you also lose a friend. Like that's so, yeah. it's so tough. And it made me really paranoid from that point on because yeah. anybody that I interacted with on Instagram, 
I mm. thought, is it him making another fake account? Like, it, it made me really paranoid. Oh, my God. And you know what? It's It's almost like when you get cheated on, you have this overwhelming feeling of, I've not done anything wrong here, but this person's actions are just going to affect me for the rest of my life and like affect my trust. And it's so unfair that other people's behavior and actions just have this ripple effect on you. Like they'll just go on and you might do it again or your boyfriend or your ex-boyfriend might go on and cheat on new girlfriends. But it's like that's something that sits with you and affects your trust in other people. It's just so wrong and so... Yeah, that's so <laughs> bizarre. Coincidentally, that whole situation. at the same time, while I this, I found out the truth while I was in college, and in that time, I was actually being stalked by a guy in my college class. Oh god, who was like sexually harassing me and yeah. confessing his love to me every day, and every time I rejected him, he'd become aggressive, and he said that he was going to hurt mm. my boyfriend at the time for coming between us, and he was just like following me around the town. He would just show up wherever I was. <gasps> And I would go to this friend, the catfish, that I didn't know was yeah. catfishing me and talk about this. And he'd be like, ugh, men are disgusting. I can't believe men would do that to you. Like, how can a but man like- treat you that way? And the whole time. <laughs> He's lying. Yeah. The whole time he oh was just as bad, God. pretty much. That's an insane story. God, I honestly, they've got Catfish UK now as well. I find it every time. I'm like, it just baffles me. People who engage in catfishing behavior must have so much going on below the surface and yeah what a wild story thank you for sharing <laughs> no problem I'm happy to talk about it so uh, yeah. I'm glad to be talking about it now in like a kind of turning it around to make to make it into a positive I guess yeah something at least that people can hopefully if someone out there listening it's happened to them then they know that yeah they're feeling yeah. less alone yeah yeah Oh, well, thank you so much for doing this BJ question round. Um, <laughs> no problem. In a, to- in a total pivot to a whole new discussion, um, I'd love if you could share your personal experience with pollen syndrome and how you discovered it and what your journey has been like with pollen syndrome. Yeah, of course. So I was in high school when I started going through puberty. I think I was about 13. And I realized that one of my boobs was growing and the other one wasn't. So I was quite concerned, but I gave it some time and just thought it will even out. And as the years went on, it just didn't. The bigger one kept getting bigger and the small one just stayed underdeveloped and small and like it hadn't grown at all. Okay. So I went to see my doctor. Yeah. And I said, I think something's wrong. And they said, oh, it's normal. Every woman has one bigger than the other. It will grow. You haven't finished going through puberty yet. There's still time. So I gave it another year still like the bigger one is only getting bigger and bigger and bigger and yeah so I went back to the doctor again and for for years they kept brushing me off and being like stop worrying about it it will grow there is nothing yeah. wrong with you this is normal and eventually after a while I started to have to like stuff my bra with socks on the smaller side I would buy bras that were too small to try and push back the bigger one. And when that didn't work anymore, I had to pad out the smaller side to make it look bigger because I didn't want anybody to know. It was so embarrassing. Yeah. And so when you're a teenager, you're already feeling so self-conscious about the changes that your body's going through and like trying to deal with that when you're not dealing with something that's outside the norm is hard enough. Yeah. And like Mm. in high school, all the girls would have to get changed in the changing rooms together and everybody had two boobs and yeah. I just didn't. So I would feel really self-conscious and try to kind of turn away and hide my chest or try and get mm. out of doing PE in the first place because I didn't want people to look at my chest. Yeah. And then boys got to that age where they were like, oh, I would never date a girl with small boobs. I love big boobs. And yeah. you start to think, well, mm, 
mm, all boys care about our boobs. Yeah. <laughs> that was like 15. So yeah. I was really self-conscious and I, I never considered having surgery. I just, mm-hmm. I just wanted to know why it was happening. So I could yeah. like at least, I, I was worried it might have been cancer. It might have been, you know, maybe they were mm. both supposed to be small and the bigger one is a problem and it's got like a growth in it or something or a mm. tumor. And I hate that the doctor just dismissed you as well. Like it just, it feels like yeah. there's so many issues, especially women's issues. Yeah. It, and they were all men. Yeah. Pushed aside and like just told that it's nothing to worry about when actually it is quite concerning. Like that makes me, yeah, that makes me feel so yeah. angry for your teenage self. Anyway, continue. Sorry. So I ended up um, Googling on the internet, like, mm. why do I have one boob? What is happening? And yeah. it came up with Poland syndrome. And okay. at first I saw the name Poland syndrome and thought, well, I'm English. I'm not Polish. So this doesn't <laughs> relate to me. So I kept like skipping over it and not reading it because I just thought yeah, that's not, nothing to do with me mm. until I found out that Poland syndrome is actually like the name of the condition it's named after the doctor Alfred Poland it's not named after the country and I was like oh okay that makes more sense mm-hmm. so I started to read into it and it said that people with Poland syndrome have um, a deformed chest muscle on one side and it can either be completely missing or it can be small and deformed and like underdeveloped um, and for some people it you can have like no breast tissue at all. For some people, you have a little bit of breast tissue, but it's still underdeveloped. And for some people, their chest actually concaves inwards. Some people are missing a nipple. For me, it's just like smaller. It's like just like less than an A cup. Um, but then like my larger side is like an E. So it's quite, yeah, it's quite a big difference. So it was, when I found out that I had, when I found out what Poland syndrome was, I went back to my doctor and he said, I've never heard of this in my life. Like, this really? isn't a real thing. And I was oh, like, it God. is. So frustrating. Yeah. So he sent me to the hospital to meet with a breast specialist. And she also had no idea what that was. Really? Yeah. So as I was leaving the hospital, a nurse in the corridor saw my chest and said, Poland syndrome. I've <gasps> seen that once before. Oh, my God. Yeah. So me and my mum were like, Oh my god! Like, yeah. What are the odds of that? That's so I know. Lucky. So she, she took us into um like a side a side room that was for like families, um, and she said that she's only ever seen it once before in her entire life, um, and that it's really hard to get a diagnosis for, but she's pretty sure that's what it is. So she told me to go back to the doctor and tell them that. So I went back to my doctor again. And they sent me to a couple of different breast specialists in different areas. And some said, Mm -hmm. yes, that's what it is. And some said, no, it can't be because I've never heard of it. But they could never tell me what else it would be. Yeah. And by that point, I was about 17 or 18. It's exhausting. It's such a long process. Yeah. Yeah. And they were still saying like, oh, well, it might still grow. It might still grow. And I was like, I think I know my body. I think that I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and suddenly go from an A to an E. Like, If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't have anything cancerous in there. So because I was so concerned about this cancer thing, they sent me for an ultrasound on my chest and that showed that the muscle is deformed. So then they were like, okay, yeah, it's got to be Poland syndrome then. But they still didn't know much about it. One doctor said to me that when he was in medical school, his teacher said, yeah, there's this thing called Poland syndrome, but you're never going to see it. So we don't need to learn about that. Oh, <laughs> so oh, annoying. Yeah. So when I realized that that's what I had, I, I wasn't, they kept offering me surgery. They kept saying, you can have a boob job. You know, you can have the small one made bigger. You can have the bigger mm-hmm. one reducted and make it smaller. We can take the muscle from your back and pull it to the mm-hmm. front. And then you've got two muscles on the front. Wow. Yeah. And I just didn't want any of those. I wasn't really bothered about changing it. I was just, I just wanted to understand what it is and why I have it and make sure it's not going to kill me, you know? Yeah. And why why do like why do you have it? What causes it? Is it is it unknown? Is there is there gonna be knock on effects later in life? I guess that's the stuff that you need to know that you were interested in finding out. They're still not sure why exactly it happens, but there's a theory that it happens when a fetus is being developed in the womb. If there's a lack of oxygen to the body or to the brain, then it kind of stops parts of the body developing. But I think that's just like for any deformity and any disability, it's kind of they're just going off of the generic well lack of oxygen causes all these other problems so it's got to be what causes pollen syndrome but it's not genetic it doesn't pass down through families and my parents don't have it if I had a kid they wouldn't have it so it's not like genetic it's it's just something that just happens sometimes yeah and it's so rare that like most doctors never see it so when Mm. I was finally told that this is what you have the hospital wanted to take some pictures of my chest for kind of like medical research purposes and they said that they were going to give them to like students. And I've had quite a few medical students come and have a look at me. Yeah. I've gone to see doctors about other conditions mm-hmm. like arthritis, for example. 
And they've said, oh, I can see that you've got Poland syndrome. I've never seen that before. Can I see it? And I'm like, no, I'm here about my hands, not my boobs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not That's getting so my invasive. boobs out. That's such a, an invasive question. And it's like, it's not in a safe space for them to be asking that at all. No. It, so it's so inappropriate. Uh, yeah. But luckily, I've not had anything like that for a few years now. But I think that's because I've stopped going to the doctor about it because now I know what it is. I don't, I'm not too worried. I don't have to keep going back and asking for updates. Um, every so often I do go and get like checked out just to make sure that everything is still okay in there, mm-hmm. as I think anyone should. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's important to check your breasts for like health and lumps and bumps and things. Mm-hmm. So I always go back because obviously, when it comes to checking your breasts, you know, you're supposed to feel for lumps and bumps. My my smaller one feels different anyway because of the deformity. Yeah. So I never know what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah, so I 100%. go and get like a professional doctor to do it for me because I want to make sure that I'm being safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of people ask like, what does it feel like? And I, I, I don't know what to compare it to because that's all I've ever yeah. had. It's not like yep. I've had two boobs and then lost one and now I'm kind of adjusting to the sensation of having just one. I've just always had one. Yeah. So I don't know what it feels like to have two. Yeah, it's just your normal. Yeah. And when it comes to buying bras, people always ask, like, how do you buy bras and swimsuits? And I always buy for the bigger side. Yeah. You shouldn't buy for the smaller side. For anybody Mm -hmm. that's got any kind of breast asymmetry, even if it's just a little bit, you should always buy for the bigger side because it's more comfortable and supportive that way. Um, So the doctors kept pushing surgery, like, Mm. all the time. Every time I'd go back to the doctor, they would be like, don't forget, surgery's an option. Don't forget, you could have surgery. Don't forget, are you sure? You might change your mind. The offer is still there because, you know, you'll probably change your mind. And I'm like, <laughs> I think I know what I do and don't want for my own body. And if you do change your mind, you'll let them know. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I asked them to take me off of, like, the list because I don't know if I was on some list somewhere that kept flashing up on their screen. Don't forget to ask her about the boob job. <laughs> But they said they could have done like implants. There could have been like a like a bag thing that they inflate over time. Wow. Um, could have done like fat transfer. But I just I didn't. I never wanted to change it. Yeah. The only thing it makes difficult is you know buying bras and swimsuits. But other than mm-hmm. that, it doesn't really. It's. I think some people think that because it's my my larger one is so big, it's kind of pulling me to one side. So people often ask, "Do you mm. walk lopsided? Like, oh, are you God. off balance?" And I'm like. <laughs> No, like is it men that, that ask heavy. that? I feel like it would be men that ask that. Yes, it's usually men. But I tried to look into like finding when I when it came to looking up Poland syndrome, I could not find any pictures of any women that had this condition anywhere. I could find lots and lots of men, but there weren't any pictures of any boobs on the internet that looked like mine. So I thought, well, if like I can't find people, there's got to be other people out there who are also finding nothing. So maybe they could find me. So yeah. I started to post on Instagram and YouTube about it. And from there, it kind of, my posts blew up. And yeah. then the news picked up on it. And then I was in magazines and newspapers. And then I got more followers. And from there, I just kind of grew a social media following from it. And it wasn't what I, like, it wasn't, I didn't plan that to happen. I didn't know that, that like, yeah. I didn't know that, that was going to happen. I just thought if I'll just post about my chest, I'll find like two other people. And I've now yeah. spoken to like a thousand women with this condition all around the world and it's so cool that you can turn it into something positive at least to help other people and connect other people that's such a cool thing about social media is that obviously there's so many bad parts that everyone loves to talk about but connection with like niche communities and like-minded people is such an awesome thing that in like the 80s they would they'd have no chance like if it was already such a rare 
syndrome to have and there was no social media and no way of finding connection and doctors are turning you away, people probably wouldn't have ever been diagnosed. No, I've, I've spoken to so many women that are like older and they've had the surgery but they said that they weren't given an option. They they weren't told that you can say no, it's your body. It was just mm. you, women have to have two boobs, so you're going to have to go through with the surgery. Yeah. And they ended up suffering with complications because the muscle is deformed. And usually if you get like an implant, they put that on top of your muscle. But mm. because it's deformed, oftentimes for people with Poland syndrome, there's a, a chance that the um, implant might flip and rupture mm-hmm. inside you. And then you get like infections and things. So a lot of these women have had, they said, we didn't want to have surgery. We just didn't think we had a choice. Yeah, you didn't think there was another option to just live as you are. And yeah. a lot of people don't know that if you have like breast implants, every so mm. every so many years, you can get them replaced. Sometimes mm. they kind of like get outdated. So when people say, oh, you should just, just get a boob job. It's like, yeah, but I could end up having to have another one in 10 years and then another 10 years and another 10 years. I might have to keep getting it replaced. So it's not yeah. really, to me worth all the risks that come along with surgery I mean there's there's risks with any surgery if it's just cosmetic as well like if it's just something so that you can look and feel different I mean as you said the complications that come with that if you're comfortable in who you are like you're perfect as you are and if there's yeah. no complications that are com- going to come from that I mean why why change it if it's something yeah. that you're comfortable with I, I completely understand why there are some people out there that aren't comfortable with it like I'm not yeah. anti-surgery I'm mm-hmm. pro do what you want with your own body and so if people want to have surgery and it will make them feel better and if it, it like fix, helps fix their mental health and their self-confidence, then they should absolutely go for it. I'm not here to tell anybody that they can't do something with their own body. It's just I don't want it. Yeah. And I'm sick of it being pushed onto me when mm-hmm. I've said no so many times. And I don't want it to be yeah. pushed onto other people so that they don't realize they have a choice. Mm-hmm. As long as someone has a choice then that's that's what matters to me is that whether they say yes or no to it, as long as that they were given the option and not forced into something that they didn't want to do. In what ways have you seen the experiences of women with pollen syndrome differ from those of men? So I know that you mentioned that men can have the syndrome as well. Is there specific challenges that you think women face that men don't? I mean, everything that we've just spoken about in regards to body image and the cosmetic side of things, I, I suppose that doesn't apply to men or does it? What would you say in regards to that? Um, I have spoken to some men that still have it and they felt very self-conscious about it and they had the surgery to bring their back muscle to the front so that it looks even. Um, But again, there's a risk that your body might reject that and then you've lost your back muscle and your front muscle oh God, so you yeah. can't win and sometimes sometimes it, it works out but often the ti- oftentimes surgeons refuse to do that surgery because it's just it's just too risky mm-hmm. but I know men that have had that surgery um and feel better for it but there are guys that haven't had surgery and they still feel self-conscious and they'll say well I'll keep my shirt on if I go swimming but Aww. obviously they don't have to deal with like buying bras and bikinis yeah. and being sexualized I've had a lot of weird men tell me that they like me because of my chest and they're into right. it and they're like, it's like having, if I if I like a girl with big boobs and I like a girl with small boobs and you've got both. So it's like having oh, two girlfriends God. at once and I'm like, mm, oh. no. <laughs> no. Oh. So well, I guess that leads into my next question as well about societal pressures and expectations around femininity and beauty. How have you navigated that and how do you, how has this impacted your personal body image? Thankfully, it hasn't impacted me personally because I don't really care <laughs> what people think about my body. I've just always been very unbothered about other people's opinions of my body, luckily. 
but I know that there are so many people out there that are affected by it and I get messages every single day from girls saying that they feel so self-conscious about it um but like you said there's like this societal expectation of what femininity and what a woman should look like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that would be having two big boobs and you're told from a young age if you've got two small boobs then you're not woman enough and you're not sexy Mm -hmm. and it's ridiculous like Mm -hmm. you can be sexy with small boobs one big boob two big boobs like whatever like femininity and a woman's body is whatever we make it it's not it shouldn't just be one set standard of or a box that you're supposed to fit in. Mm-hmm. I've had people say that I'm actually trans or a half man because they think what? that I have one small chest because I'm half man on that side of my body. <sighs> and I'm like, women can just have small boobs sometimes. Yeah. Oh, God. And what do you think, in terms of making a difference how do you think that society and healthcare providers and individuals how can all of those things better support an advocate for women and men with pollen syndrome what do you think is the best way to make a change I think that doctors and surgeons and medical professionals in general really need to look into what pollen syndrome is and be educated on it and I've spoken to families and parents who said that that Another thing that pollen syndrome can, can cause for people is they can be missing fingers on one side, on, on the same side as the chest. I did read about this, that there was a few different symptoms that it's not always just the breast yeah. or the um, the tissue in the um, in the yeah. chest. Yeah. So I've only got the chest, like I've got, like my hands are fine, it's just my chest. But for some people, they're missing fingers and have deformities like elsewhere in the body. So from birth, you can kind of tell that that child has pollen syndrome because they're born without fingers and you can see that something's wrong. But I've heard from families that said that they gave birth and literally the midwife took the baby out of them and then screamed and was like, what is wrong with this child? Oh, God. Like the second it was brought into the world, which obviously worried the parents. Yeah. But I think that people need to be more, healthcare providers need to be more considerate of how they talk to and about people with disabilities and physical differences because reacting like that is just really hurtful and concerning and so dramatic yeah and I think that if if a girl or a young person whoever goes to a doctor and says my boobs are uneven they need to be taken like seriously I'm not saying that you need to give them like breast scans and things but like instead of just brushing it off and saying it's normal go away stop bothering me like say yeah you know we'll we'll check back in in like a couple of months and let me know if anything's changed and have you Mm. why don't you look into this and why don't you look into that rather than completely brushing them off like so many women's so many women's health issues are always being brushed off by doctors all the time like they don't take us seriously it concerns me thinking about women of color and um women that are overweight or obese as well I think that they're that doctors are quite quick to dismiss um, the yep. issues in those minority groups as well. So something yep. like this, I mean, I guess in a way you you have a privileged standpoint in that you're a white woman and you're thin and there's so many other blockers that are in place for different communities that they may never get diagnosed if they yeah. have pollen syndrome, you know? Yeah, I do hear from a lot of like people from different ethnicities and different yeah. backgrounds that contact me and they have pollen syndrome and they've said like, I'm really struggling to get a diagnosis. And I mean, I couldn't get a diagnosis for years, but I still knew that I had it. And like, we know our bodies better than anybody else ever will. 
So to those women, I would say, like, if you know and you you you've you know you you've checked yourself and you know that you have this, then mm-hmm. it's okay to say that you have it. You don't have to wait for a doctor to officially diagnose you. I think self-diagnosis sometimes can be really helpful because it helps you find a community of people and it helps you understand yourself and it gets rid of that anxiety in your head of what could it be yeah and like you said not everyone has access to mm-hmm. medical help depending on like their background or maybe where they are in the mm. world I've heard from people in like Africa for example who say that like they've struggled to get like a doctor to take them seriously because over the in that country that they weren't really educated on what it was and a lot of people said that they first heard about it from me Mm-hmm. and really? I've had to be who they've come to for like information wow and that's a lot for you to yeah. to manage as well like emotionally yeah I just wish there was like a universal this is what it is and yeah and like all doctors everywhere need to be aware of what this is and something that my mum always says too she's a an ICU nurse she says that like the doctors always say to them and what they say to the new nurses is listen to your patients if your patient's telling you they've got something wrong or they've got this and they've probably done all of this research and Googling, like just listen to them yeah. and actually try and comprehend what they're telling you rather than being like, oh, it could be this. Like, I think that's just such good advice because I feel like every time I go to the doctor, I have a pretty good idea of what it probably is. And yeah. if I'm going in there and saying it, and then, I mean, I've had like a few health issues the last year and I literally am going to the doctor saying, it's this, it's this, it's this. I know it's this. And they're like, mm, but you don't have this one symptom. So it's probably just IBS or something. <laughs> and you're like, no, I get, just listen to me. So yeah. And something else I was going to say as well is that um, you mentioned to me that you're working with, is it PIP? Is it, is it pronounced PIP? PIP? Yeah. Yeah, PIP? Yeah. Can you talk to me about PIP and um, any other specific initiatives or campaigns that you think would be beneficial in raising awareness? I guess stuff like podcast is great and the work that you're doing is really great on social as well. But yeah, can you tell me more about that? Yeah. PIP is a charity in, in England. They're called PIP UK, but they help people all over the world. You don't have to just be in England to to talk to PIP or to get their advice. Um, and they kind of advocate for people with Poland syndrome and they host um, at Birmingham Children's Hospital. They have like a, every few months, there's like a Poland syndrome clinic where they get the surgeons to, to, to um, meet with families of children that have the condition or that think they have the condition to try and get them a diagnosis. Um, Sam, who is the founder of PIP, she will go with women who are having meetings with their surgeons to make sure that they're not being taken advantage of and to kind of advocate for them and to let them know their rights. Because a lot of people do end up being taken advantage of or not being told of the risks of surgery. Like when I met with a surgeon, not because I wanted surgery, but to get more information, they never told me about all the risks that come with it. They just kept trying to push the surgery. Is that because it it comes with the cost? Is that, are they trying to, yeah, is it private or? No, no, it was Oh, like I wouldn't have had to pay for it. Oh. It was included in like um, the NHS. So it would all be paid for by them rather than me. But it, it's weird because obviously depending where you live in England, you'll get a different answer. Like I've heard from women in England that say I want to have, um, like I have Poland syndrome and I wanted to have surgery and they told me that I had to pay. But then in other places mm. they've gone to a doctor and they've said you can have it for free. But you'd think that because it's all on the NHS that you would get equal offers everywhere but apparently depending on which doctor you see and where you are you get a different response and some say you need to have a reduction and some say you need to have an implant and it's it's not like like I said it's we don't have like this universal like a rule book of what to do yeah (laughs) like a guideline so whoever you just all depends on who you see and where and when 
it depends on what kind of response you're going to get. Yeah. And I guess that leads me into my very last question is what are your hopes for the future in terms of empowering and supporting women with pollen syndrome and what sort of changes would you hope to see? I hope that we'll see more representation. It doesn't just necessarily have to be pollen syndrome. Obviously, there are other mm-hmm. there are other um, deformities and conditions that can mean that you have uneven boobs um like tuberous breast for example yes my friend is um doing a campaign her name's kitty, kitty. kitty totally yeah. tubular yeah yeah, yeah oh, I know kitty's kitty. so great yeah actually i think maybe she recommended you to me yeah to get in touch with yeah, yeah, she did. Oh, she's, yeah she's so brilliant we're going to be working on a campaign together actually about like breast oh. health and awareness and stuff awesome i'd love she's to so cool. love to get involved so let yeah me know when you um when you kick it off yeah i'll definitely let you know yeah um but i'd love for more things like that like more people with these conditions to come out and talk publicly and kind of i'm currently trying to get more brands i, I sometimes do modeling for work and mm-hmm. i think it's really important for people to see people like us in cam- in like marketing campaigns and to see yourself represented especially when it comes to buying underwear so I try and reach out to as many brands as I can that create underwear or swimsuits mm. and tell them this is what the condition is. And, you know, you don't have to hire me, but hire somebody at least that yeah. kind of has a condition like this so that we can see ourselves represented in it. Because when you're shopping online for bras and bikinis, you can't tell whether it's going to fit you. You have to try it on, yeah. which is annoying. But also you see a lot of like art and drawings of like all boobs are good boobs and you you have they have like drawings of like big boobs small boobs pointy boobs saggy boobs and yeah you never see one that's like like mine (laughs) so and I guess it also that would be inclusive of people who've had mastectomies yeah Yeah. like for things like breast cancer so I guess that's being inclusive in a in multiple ways you do see sometimes like mastectomy art things where but they usually are like have a scar and they're missing a nipple but in my case I have two nipples it's just one is big and yeah like one boob is big and one boob is small but you don't really ever see that represented anywhere yeah um so so I think there's still a long way to go but I do have a good feeling that we're getting closer to to reaching that but that's thanks to like you know pip the charity and there's a, a company called evenly and they make um silicone boob fillers that you could put bra fillers sorry that you can put into like your bra to kind of even it out from so from the outside you can't tell that they've got like an uneven chest and it comes in different sizes um and they do a lot for people with with um breast asymmetry and trying to raise awareness and normalize it and i just hope that like more people come out with this and talk about it and you know that more is known and that eventually doctors will take it more seriously and educate themselves on it one time I went to a doctor and they said that like they had a, they, they didn't know what pollen syndrome was so they were asking me about it and then they googled it and they were looking at articles about me while what? I was sitting next to them and I was like you could have just like asked me these questions yeah like I'm literally sitting right here and you've got a picture of me on your screen <laughs> yeah they were just googling like pollen That's syndrome funny. and it's like Rebecca Butcher Becca Butcher oh my god Becca Butcher. and I was like oh my god uh, you're doing so many good things in this space and I just think the fact that you've had so many people reach out to you is real inspiring and yeah I'm just like I feel really proud of um everything you've achieved it's just awesome and thank you um you've been such a fantastic guest as well and thank you for being so open and so candid and hopefully everyone listening has learnt something new if they didn't know anything about pollen syndrome already but yeah thanks again for coming on thank you for having me and yeah all I ever want to do is educate people and I really do hope that people learn something new today something that they didn't know yesterday 
I hope you enjoyed my chat with wonderful Becca. Please let me know on my Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, wherever, if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share. And don't forget to vote for me. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.